Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale up business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Jörg, the founder and CEO at EcoG. Jörg, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, Mike, thanks for having us here um, with EcoG. Um, we are creating the Android of the EV charging infrastructure for a connected and especially more sustainable energy system. Uh, so we are integrating EV charging into renewable energy resources. And uh, we are excited to talk about this today. Sounds amazing. And uh, you are coming from Munich uh, and you have a, a great background in, in corporate uh, in corporates or in, uh, inter large enterprises before you decided to, to start up uh, EcoG, your, your own company. Can you give us a little bit of a background about yourself and how you did end up uh, solving this problem and starting up EcoG? Yeah, so that's uh, indeed a part of, of our DNA at EcoG that um, um, we are the three founders of EcoG uh, stepped out from, from a corporate and um, created this uh, startup in 2017, actually in, in Detroit as part of the Texas Mobility Program. Mm -hmm. And um, however, we have been in this market of electric uh, mobility now since 2008, so now something like 15 years already. And um, uh, in the beginning, in the corporate, we had the role to actually prepare uh, this market. Yeah? So how can you create from an idea how electric mobility works um, and, and system around with different stakeholders and so on. So this becomes an international, international market. So that's working a lot with the infrastructure side, with the automotive side, with standards, getting up a community and so on. So this has been very the core of the first years. And then 2016, we then realized working, uh, having done, you know, the first DC charging system, brought that to standardization and so on. We realized that this, this market is really happening and it's further professionalizing, further scaling. And then the question is, you, you know, do you do this kind of an operating system as part of a corporate for one manufacturer? Or are you mm -hmm. thinking that with professionalization of the market, um, this is relevant actually across the market for different uh, manufacturers to have an operating system so that um, you can integrate electric mobility better in the energy system? And that's actually then what, what the founders drive forward. How can we integrate that to make you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, electric mobility actually a renewable and a, a sustainable mobility in the future. Got it. And um, and and today, what is what what is the focus of uh, EcoG? So, if you would need to quickly explain uh, a bit more the problem and the solution for the ones mm -hmm. who are less uh, yeah. educated about uh, electric yeah. mobility and uh, the EV industry. Electrical vehicles industry again uh, trying to take the the jargon out uh, of of the conversation. Uh, how how would you present uh, EcoG uh, in terms of problem solution? Yeah, I think we we have two two challenges right now in the market. Yeah. The first one is um, uh, charging an electric vehicle is not like fueling two dot Yeah, so charging electric vehicle is more like you can imagine with your notebook. Yeah, so wherever you 
you have a, a, a power source you just connect it and top up your your charge in the vehicle yeah as you do right. with your notebook wherever you have a socket you just plug in everything is fine and that's actually yeah. cool so you are no longer need to drive somewhere to to charge it's actually because electricity okay. is basically everywhere you you just plug in now the the challenge is um, that this technology still is quite uh, has a certain certain complexity, and um, on the vehicle side, we now see hey this market is really booming, right? So we we um, go from one record on on sales in of of electric vehicle to the next one, but uh, we also see that the that the infrastructure is not catching up, and actually it's you know if you look back uh, it's worse. So compared to mm -hmm. three years ago, we have per vehicle less charging infrastructure than we had three years ago, because the market in electric mobility is so much booming and the infrastructure part is not scaling. Yeah, And right. so this is a challenge number one. We need to scale this infrastructure portion. Otherwise, we get mm -hmm. into a deadlock on the vehicle side. So what EcoG is doing is just makes simple how chargers are built. Yeah, so we are providing the operating system. We are providing reference designs. We are mm -hmm. providing starter kits. So whoever has capacity in building electrical equipment we enable to do and build ev chargers yeah so this is the today's challenge where we are strong we have now 15 percent market share in europe uh, within three years so it shows that this you know this enablement works yeah we are mm -hmm. gaining right now per year to year five percent market share yeah so um, this becomes quite a, a promising setup we have started now uh, one and a half years ago in india uh, so if you drive along the highways in india it's already quite a good likelihood that you charge with with equity actually mm -hmm. and we are now about to start in the north american market getting back to our roots to to say yeah. Right. So in terms of stage of growth, Jörg, for the ones who are listening to relate better to where you are today. So you started the company in 2017. Um, in terms of headcount, uh, any, any other metrics that you can disclose in the markets you were saying that you are in India, Europe, and expanding again to, to the US now. Mm -hmm. Can you share in terms of the stage of growth of the company? Yeah, so we uh, we started as you correctly said, 2017. We worked basically two years on on the initial uh, product uh, together with partners and so on. Um, and in 2019, we started in the autumn in into the market. Yeah, and so in in this nice. now um, uh, three years, we basically uh, got the 50% market share in Europe. But what is actually more amazing, I have to say, 15%. That's 15%. Yeah. So you can say more than every 10th DC charger now sold last year into the market is running the Eco GOS already. Yeah. So it shows you that this scale you bring to the market. Uh, works out. And this is not only our success, that's clear. It's actually the success of those who are in this ecosystem. Yeah? Think of of also Windows on, on your PC. Yeah? So um, the, the, the smart thing about an operating system mm -hmm. is that there are so many other um, companies finding value in such a approach that we we are not alone. We are now more than 50 companies in this ecosystem. Yeah. So if you compare to your PC, it's like, you know, those building the, the hard drive, those building, you know, right. the screens and so on. And it's with the chargers, it's the same. Yeah. So we are working with those doing 
doing converters um, uh, for yeah. the AC-DC conversion, those doing the displays, those doing the microcontrollers, those doing the isolation monitors. Yeah, and it's very comparable, uh, comparable there to what we see in other domains, how an ecosystem evolves together with an, with an operating system. And this is uh, really, I think, the success part. I think in three years to have an ecosystem of 50 companies um, collaborating, uh, this is enormous. That's incredible and, and great analogy. So we can understand much better what you guys are doing uh, now. And in, your tr in terms of the geographical expansion, uh, Jörg, we're talking about, again, the US, Europe, and, and India. Can you share a bit more about the, the story and the lessons learned uh, for other mm -hmm. companies that are going through their ex ex international expansion plans, uh, what they can learn from your journey as well? Yeah, so um, maybe I, I start a little bit because we are now kind of already uh, about 15 years in this in this domain. Yeah, so uh, here it's, it's, it's not that you say you, you start a certain topic where you you know, further develop an existing market or you find an element in, in an existing market where you uh, innovate, but you are actually creating together with others this new uh, market in, okay. in total. Yeah. And so it was in the beginning, as I said, quite important to, to get the understanding how actually you do this interface from uh, infrastructure side to the vehicle. And this has mm -hmm. been industries never talking to each other before, right? So you had this right. enormous global market. I think one of the most global industries you can think of, which is the automotive industry, yeah. coming to or needing to be connected to an industry which is the most regional one you can imagine, which is actually electric power distribution. <laughs> yeah, so I can tell you just in Germany, we have more than 1,000 uh, grid operators for electric distribution with their own grid codes just in Germany. Now you wow. can think on Europe, you think of the electric system in India, in US and so on. So this is super, super regional market compared to this global one. Yeah. And now yeah. the idea is how, how you glue that together. This is a lot about standards. So where I say we need internationally now to think how to change things. When it comes to renewable, this is a global challenge. So we can't work, continue to work. Hey, here is this grid operator. There's this grid operator. We need to come to standards and say that's a rough path to go. How we connect wow. renewable energy resources with the storage in vehicles to make this uh, integrated system. Yeah, and there are two ways then to do that. On one hand side, between the vehicle and the infrastructure, how you agree on a standard. So that's now mm -hmm. established in the Western world. I have to say, so China is there quite separate. Um, and uh, so we then, uh, with these standards getting established, we also went into the market because the second part is then actually the software game, how you integrate then this charging into the infrastructure. And this is something where we understood how, you know, an Android system was doing it. So Android mm -hmm. is no longer about phone calls, but a lot about business process integration. And this process integration we also need for this energy system. And therefore we have now two components. How we developed now over the continents first is the enabler that certain standards are established and then making with the software, the scaling easy and also the functionality to integrate easy. And so we started actually then in Europe because this was now the first market adopting the standards and really pushing them forward with the automotive industry. Mm -hmm. 
In US, we had Tesla doing a little bit their own stuff. And now you probably waited uh, just this week that they are also tuning into the standards. Yeah, so opening up their charging infrastructure to the Got standard it. world, which is a good good sign. That's also the reason why we now go to North America, because this becomes a market which completely now kicks in. Yeah, And in between, there was actually India. So one and a half year ago, they India decided also to go with the Western world standards. Yeah, so And when they discussed it, we also stepped into that market. Right. And so you always probably to for others, you always have to see how the market develops. Yeah, what are the opportunities? Do you have the right timing? And that was also what we heard now from the investors. Hey, you are on spot with your timings. You have the product ready. When the market starts, you can scale in right. and you can step in. Yeah. Because you're in terms of what is your ideal uh, customer profile, York? Right now, it's, uh, you know, those enabling to, to scale in, in production. Yeah. So where we say, uh, if you have capabilities to produce um, electrical equipment, um, then you, we enable them to, to manufacture that in a very scalable way with all the ecosystem right. partners serving this, this notion of production market. Yeah. And maybe to give this parallel, so I've been in my personal life before, um, also active in 2000, uh, until 2006 in the mobile communication world. So in the mobile phone world, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, uh, this transition happened from mobile phone to smartphones. And I think in the, the first phase, it's really like that now in the charger market. So uh, the market leaders today are like the market leaders in the mobile phone world at that time, where you need to know everything about mm -hmm. a mobile phone to build a mobile phone. Yeah, And now the smartphone market is by, by 100 times bigger than the mobile phone market. And actually, it's a lot more complex. But the change now is that there are so much professional components in the market so where uh, Qualcomm serves, you know, you with blueprints like the MediaTek does and so on. And I think this is the key to uh, develop a market. So this is exactly now the switch over we have also in the charger market. So far, we have companies like an ABB knowing from the very top to the very bottom vertically everything about these DC chargers. Mm -hmm. But we see more and more companies stepping in who know actually how to professionally produce them. And then taking professional components from the market and actually scale this production. And it's basically the same like the transition from mobile phones to smartphones. Things become now more smarter and companies focusing more on how to make that a scalable, a perfect produced product. Yeah. And currently those players are a little bit larger because they need to have all those skills uh, in, 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 the, in the same player. And uh, the potential is now to go more from large enterprise companies to mid-market or those are more mid-market players. Uh, clearly, this is a B2B mm -hmm. motion, right? Uh, yeah, well, I, we see both trends basically. Yeah. So if you look yeah. uh, who is now producing smartphones, it's uh, companies like Foxconn and so on. So they don't know all the details of, of, of the phone, but they know how to right. professionalize the production. And we okay. see similar things now in the charger market. So it's no longer you know, the company knowing the whole detail so they can engineer everything by themselves, but they yeah. take in, for instance, someone like EQG, enabling them how to engineer, how to Got build it. their prototypes. Operating yeah. system. And that scales it. So you get those in who have enormous production capacities and that scales the market. That's one aspect. And the other is you also get those in who know the target domain, yeah, mm -hmm. who know how to integrate chargers. 
not necessarily being super expert in the charger technology itself, but being super expert in, for instance, fleet management, yeah, in retail yes. integration. And they now are also enabled to do their adapted product to this portion of their expertise. Yeah. And right. so you see this integration and the scale is now happening. And that's the two trends we see in the market. And you have both companies that are uh, leveraging this opportunity and starting up, and you have also older players that see here a new business unit, a new product, a new opportunity to grow their businesses, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 there, I think what what is uh, really the game changing of electric mobility? Don't think about this fueling 2.0, mm -hmm. but think what electric mobility can bring to your business. Yeah, and that's that's crucial. Whether you are a manufacturer, you do that didn't did that in in the past, and were maybe even gone uh, not not connected to fueling at at all, but you do, for instance, fleet management. Yeah, mm -hmm. and now due to the availability of electricity in your site, in your depot, in your destination of this fleet, you can now start and think, hey, how can I differentiate my business? becoming more renewable, do more, you know, this right. energy management part, even do your own, you know, way how you do your charging infrastructure becomes at your your tip of a finger. Yeah. And so you have a lot now new opportunities with electric mobility, you likely not had with the traditional combustion mobility. Got it. So there are different uh, ICP segments to, to serve. Uh, and this can be also a differentiation for more traditional players that want to serve their customers and, and use this solution uh, to differentiate themselves and, and to scale up uh, the way they serve the customers. So I can see namely the, the fleet management uh, companies. Cool. So let's let's move to more to the to the founding team. So you said that you were three uh, co-founders. Uh, how do you split responsibilities? Uh, uh, what is the background of each of you, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so actually we did not need to split the compatibilities because we were so so diverse already, uh, so that it was pretty clear who is who is doing <laughs> what of the three founders. So, um, uh, so it was uh, on one side uh, Johannes on our side, our CTO. Uh, yeah. He did it in a in a corporate before uh, what we call the IoT operating system. So he's really the mastermind, whatever gets integrated, connected uh, with, with our, um, let's say, all, uh, operating system toolbox we are providing for our customers. So he is the person to completely coordinate that. He has networked in the scene, did that for 10 years, had also genes in 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 the startup world before um, coming to the yeah. corporate. Yeah, so that's a, a very, very strong point. And it's clear that he he started as a CTO overlooking and organizing this this portion of the company. Then we have uh, had Manuel on board, uh, already coming from a venture capital side, uh, from from the startup side, knowing the mechanics on on both sides, being a startup, but also with respect to the investor relationships. Uh, and also what is crucial to keep uh, the scope on. And also, in the, especially in the beginning of the startup, you know, you have a lot of stuff to organize and you have to do that out of the box, very pragmatic. So Manuel yes. was a person uh, correct in place here to, to take that over and organizing it from right from the scratch, uh, the Techstar session we had in, in 2017 and uh, then yeah. continued on, yeah. And myself, I, I uh, coordinated 
quite in the past um, um, activities, uh, whether it was in the mobile communication or in in the electric mobility, built up ecosystems around and uh, uh, shaped the market twice with quite diverse um, um, industries. So um, I took care about the, the business development, the electric mobility uh, arena, and also as a CEO, of course, of the financial uh, setup of the company. Right. And, and in terms of the size of the team today, York, so you started the three of you and, and today. Uh... Yeah, so the, the cool thing I have to say, and I'm I'm always fascinated of this, uh, is, you know, we, we started in Detroit three, three persons. Then, mm -hmm. uh, of course, as a startup, a lot hands on. We are now uh, 35 persons in the team. But oh, what yes. is actually the cool one, we are more than, than 16 nationalities in the team. So Amazing. it shows by starting this highly visible as a startup on an international scale, we are kind of, you know, um, working against the trends. We are annoyed to have more of this kind of my region first mentality, but more think of, hey, we have here a global challenge. Why should not we be nice. a super international team to address this? This is amazing. And uh, do you guys have more uh, an office policy or remote first policy, hybrid? Uh, how are you able to have all the, that diversity? Uh, <laughs> that's a good team? one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that's always in, in the team, a lot of discussions we have. And uh, for us, it's, it's uh, you know, personally, we are all kind of working nomads. So, so we are somewhere in, in the world and where we are, we are working. Um, so uh, uh, no issue about that. On the other hand side, and that's also a part of the DNA of our startup is we are 98% software. So where you can do that around the globe actually, but our software is very tight related to hardware, to power flow, to physical world, what goes on. And so what we saw, um, you know, we, we all have the experience of COVID behind us and we know that in principle stuff also works or we can work around completely working remote. But mm -hmm. we also see that it's different also to come together to discuss, to put your hands on really the equipment you are controlling. Yeah, so it's right. there's an inspiration in that and also the notion of the exchange. And so we are very aware of these both parts. So I would say we do a hybrid work style. So where it helps, we are... We are remote, but we value very much the exchange in person to be on site, you know, to have the hands on, to understand, to feel, to experience what we do in the physical world. And so um, I think this is something we also want to support and uh, encourage a lot in the team. Yeah, And still it's a, a process to find the right balance. But yeah. we more and more think after the COVID experience that being on site and having this come together, this exchange over a coffee is highly valuable. So which means that you are uh, in the same region and uh, and then you have a more flexible uh, working yeah. policy. We have both. Yeah, we have colleagues, of course, being that many nationalities being remote, like, like in USA, like in Tunisia and so on. Um, but we try to also find our fixed days to come together yeah. and we encourage for those who be local um, to really make use of the office and, and you know, exchange the views, uh, do the best to, to get those who are remote uh, in as, as natural as possible. Yeah. 
Something that you mentioned more related with the product again uh, before introducing the topic of uh, of fundraising that uh, that the listeners always love to hear about uh, is that your product is software first, so it's the operating uh, system. But you need to understand the hardware in order to uh, keep improving that uh, that operating system, right? So do you also have hardware, or is just software, or it's a combination of both? Yeah, so yeah, probably it's uh, if I understand your your point correctly, there are two aspects in right. So first, a little bit to to understand, you know, what we are doing there again, and then how how is that seen also from from investor side? Yeah. Um, yes, that, that that was the direction I was mm, going, but mm. just understanding uh, if you have both software and hardware on your product, or is it, if it mm. is just uh, software. That, that yeah. So good. if you if you look in our team, in our thirty five. Uh, uh, yeah. people we are 95 percent 98 percent software yeah so Got software it. experts and so on yeah but um we have a lot of expertise also on the hardware side so where our software is running on yeah and even there are yeah. some some ips on of the company on the hardware side so Got whatever it. um also runs through our labs uh, runs also to the production line there's quite some hardware related because our software is often coming to the production line installed in a hardware of our partners which is then routing through yeah it's maybe in that regard even a little bit sim similar than to your to your windows and android analogy yeah so where right. uh, you 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 don't download android as such but you get it with your mobile phone yeah and so this is also similar in in our business so there's a lot you know this this is um reference design hardware understanding in in the company but we are not selling hardware something like that yeah so it's always in combination with the with the software yeah makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. and and now you have you have been kind of going through a journey like in any startup you just raised in december of last year uh, a six million series a round uh, how has been the journey of, of fundraising since the I would say the, the first angel checks, uh, the tech stars program, then the, the seed check and now the, the, mm -hmm. the A round? What has been some of your lessons learned uh, through the fundraising process since mm -hmm. 2017, right? Yeah, so what we, uh, so we, we raised first money in 2020 actually. Uh, because we found a way how to finance a company on 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 projects before doing our product so okay. which was cool. really cool um well and so we have now two two rounds the seed round and the series a and already in seed round we had then uh um, venture capital in so not not that many actually no no angels as such um and um i think the the learning is connected to what we discussed before so um due to the uh, let's say to the to due to the founders due to the company uh we had a lot of interest from from the vc scene yeah so everyone was a cool market of electric mobility you're doing great and so on great perspective so everyone was basically talking with us but we realized not not everyone is understanding what it means to do this notion of of software yeah think of how many op, uh, how many startups are actually doing operating systems would you have yeah some in mind maybe it's it's really rare i would say yeah and so um we what we realized is there's an enormous interest uh, from the investors but 
those who really get what we do is is limited. And therefore, we in the CTONs, we readjusted after half a year and said, okay, we have a lot of discussions, but actually we don't feel that a lot of these uh, VCs understand what we are doing. Right. Yeah, so what we then focused on is um, not go with every request we get from the investor side, but actually think, is that investor experience what it means to do something in in the infrastructure on the energy systems world yeah because then right. they are likely to understand what does it mean to to innovate there something there's a, a good point in there which is hey mm -hmm. when you what you do is super sustainable yeah so when you are in in deals this goes quite a long time it's you know our customer average customer value is something like uh, three to to eight million uh, euro and uh, we know how this business runs now for the next five years, how this is going and so on. So it's super predictable. You you get your share in, you know how these things work. However, if someone thinks, hey, this is now the cool fast hockey stick and uh, you just sell <laughs> a software license, you know, you invest on a, on a marketing campaign and you see the change in one month, it's not like that. And right. so most people, I think, thinking they know software, know, mm -hmm. uh, think about the last one and not about the first one. Yeah, And therefore, it was so important, not just, you know, start these discussions with the investors, but in an early stage of this discussion to verify, is the investor really understanding what you're doing? Has the investor the model how to evaluate such a business? Yeah, mm -hmm. And this is now the first topics of the first two meetings we do with investors and that's independent if it's uh, the seed round or was now the series a round yeah and for us the series a was now really cool because we um managed last year to to get profitable actually as a startup and so we put focus on the series a really on the the growth potentially i'd say can we you know, take the money in, in this booming market to really invest in scale and not in invest in, you know, the today's business as such. Yeah. That is quite amazing. And that, that's what is um, advised to, to go for the next round with the potential of, of, uh, of becoming uh, in a break-even situation or cash flow positive and not needing to raise uh, the round. You are just raising the round to be able to accelerate the growth uh, and not to sustain the costs of the company or to survive in a, in other words right so yeah and it was super lucky i mean it was not totally planned like that so we just uh, were lucky that this <laughs> turns out to be that way last year well, but yeah. uh, of course uh, of course it was really uh, a great yeah. thing because the situation in in the investment market of course end of last year was quite complicated yeah so we yeah. we started in summer and within three months we basically knew that quite this expensive. series a, a works out so yeah. that was really a cool one yeah and I can understand there is a lot of buzz and a lot of opportunities and a lot of awareness from the investor side about this category because that's a new category and usually venture capitalists enjoy new categories because that's an opportunity to to be to to back a winner right but at the same time there are very few people who understand the new opportunity the new market the new uh, category which becomes a challenge right so uh, because mm -hmm. we have a lot of people that want to talk to you but uh, it will take a long time to educate them so they are confident to back you up, right? So 
Yeah, um, it's it's even worse. Yeah, so you you can't really educate a, a VC, I would say. Yeah, so the right. VC always has a certain model behind uh, uh, the VC knows, and maybe in in US it's a little bit different, but here in Europe, I think especially VCs are very patent driven. Yeah, so I mean they are minimizing their risk, and they they right. want to follow with their fund a certain certain pattern they are trusting in, and they are tons of opportunities also out there and they need to filter for the right ones and um you know the the really bad things and maybe that's also a hint for other startups the, the bad thing or the worst thing in investors discussion is if um you start into the discussion and you are not early uh, finding out it will not lead to anywhere yeah because then yes. you are spending you know meeting after meeting and exactly. after maybe 10 meetings you identify hey this this will not end up and both sides and waste the time yeah? yeah and not really come to the conclusion hey we get a certain understanding of the right evaluation methodology yeah and that's yeah. basically what we experienced in this when we first started seed and we readjusted after half a year yeah, yeah. so do you, do you feel that um strategic investors might be a better fit for this category than the typical financial investors that want to see uh, if you will build an 100 million business in seven years and if you will be able to double the revenues of the company uh, every single year? Um, yeah, I, I, let's let's put it maybe that way. So every, yeah. every uh, whether it's a strategic one or a financial, there are always uh, sides which fit to your business and which not, which are poor sides and sides which are challenging. Yeah. So with uh, strategic investors, uh, of course, they are often a little bit more um, longer term thinking. Yeah. So thinking, mm -hmm. hey, is is that fitting to? our strategy what we want to right. to move forward how it fits over um so this is a positive side but there are also challenges in that one so uh, of course what are the implicit uh, interests there uh, could that also diverge over time yeah or often the strategic investors also um coming from a certain corporate background or is actually the strategy of that corporate changing and that's quite quite often the case so you can say basically every four five years this might be uh, the case in average and so there's mm -hmm. also a certain risk in hey is that strategy over time really really still fitting or not right. yeah so that's the challenge but also the positive side on on the on the strategy one on the financial the one I think what is um, what is interesting there is um, of course their drive to scale and their drive to you know um, evaluation potential you are creating mm -hmm. and uh, it's good to have then someone in who actually also kind of energizes and drives and provides their expertise in this in this aspect of course for us challenging for the financial is is always that they like of course the the a fast way to control things, a fast way to create the hockey stick. And then you need to sit down and say, okay, what is what is the potential we are putting with this <laughs> infrastructure in place to, to also make that happen and be very clear on that uh, so that the parameters are, are, are correctly interpreted, let's say. Yeah, so mm -hmm. what is your growth and what you are enabling with this growth? Yeah, so of course, with the footprint we are, 
we are creating with our operating system, there's also, you know, the integration opportunities then with this with this footprint. Yeah. So you need to work then jointly with those. And so for us, it's really cool to have both in. Yeah. So to balance that uh, and to optimize also in the combination, if you think of a board meeting, uh, both both aspects. On one hand, being always challenged on the scale, but also someone saying, hey, you know, keep the 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 strategic corridor don't get crazy yeah you are yeah. you're really on a super solid path what, what what you're doing yeah so you'd say it's much more a lesson on the side of uh be careful with the investors that you are speaking with and go through kind of a qualification stage before spending too much time uh with those yeah. investors so kind of what That's... we do with the customer right so first qualify if if there is potential for for that company or stakeholder mm. to become a client before investing too much uh, mm. time, the same uh, with with investor or with any partner, any any stakeholder of the company. Mm. And also think about combination. Yeah, so you don't need yeah. to go pure with with one category. Uh, yeah. And uh, maybe looking back um, in the early stage, I would also think of. Um, um, I mean, we started now with basically two VCs. And looking mm -hmm. back, I would uh, honor more to even there already in seed had a combination in yeah, maybe a VC and and a, a, a angel or or uh, um, or family it. office. Yeah, so could also have been a combination. Looking back, got it. Also ensuring that you have all the skills you need to scale the company and to advise you on on your on your board, right? So again. Yep not only the capital that you also need to 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 ensure that you have it in order to be able to to keep running the company but also the the smart capital as we always discuss on on this episode mm -hmm. right yeah and that's that's really uh, really depends on the person then also in but the person is often driven with the mindset of the uh, right. of the affiliation then yeah and the passion about the industry the opportunity and the curiosity to learn more etc we we can feel that but, some but of that's, us are that's a cool one with electric mobility i think there there's somehow every everyone in so that's that's uh, uh, curious uh, to learn been, more about yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an on our topic uh, something quite cool again about electric mobility that's that's the the purpose right so as as we have been discussing here on the show and then i need to ask a lot of questions myself uh it's not quite easy to quickly get everything that you were talking about and you did a great job kind of creating analogies for me to understand it and i assume for some of our listeners also to understand some of them might be much more educated than myself and quickly got it uh but something interesting is that you are able also to attract uh people who are purpose driven to be part of this uh opportunity what what is the impact of of what you do york i i know that you have a very good way of uh, articulating your narrative and uh mm. and the way your purpose is important to to humanity mm. yeah maybe there first first uh, a personal comment on that one yeah so yeah. Uh, i just mentioned i was before in this mobile communication industry and uh, well, I'm now also in the second half of, of of my life, and at a certain point in time, you you wonder, you know, what's 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 the purpose, also what you're doing there. And I I have to say, I I was uh, I I was really um, appreciate uh, appreciating working together with a colleague, even in this communication time, um, who privately already worked in this renewable 
um, activity. So at home, you know, having PV in, being engaged with the local community, how can we change the energy system, the distribution system, and doing that privately. Yeah. So we sit down in the evenings and and said, okay, what what is this actually now going to happen? And that's back 2006. So at a time where no one was really talking about smart grids or something. Yeah. And so uh, this opened up my my eye and said. Well, actually, we have to care about what what is the purpose? What can we contribute to this planet to leave it actually as a better place than we we approached it? Yeah, and so um, for me then, and maybe that's also for the colleague at the end of the day was the big aha. You can do that on the private level. Yeah, where you say, okay, in your free time you care about this and you push this forward, but it's a total different level if you do that as a professional. Exactly. Yeah, and so in 2006, seven, I had then the, the honor in the corporate to to think about, hey, can we can we bring forward this distribution grid more integrating renewables uh, together with the colleagues? And then you are not spending you know 10 or 20 percent of your time on this, but you are starting to spend suddenly 60, 70 percent of your time yeah. on what what matters. And this, I think, is. Is continually continuing since then, and and you're right. Sometimes it's a bit hard, maybe from an outstanding person to or outside person to 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 understand it. But think now what we do with the electric mobility. Yeah, so electric mobility will consume if you just look at the power as much energy as the complete electrical system in Germany in 15 years, and now. Everyone is investing, buying an EV in battery storage. Mm -hmm. And this is not then considered to be part of a problem. Hey, we have you know to duplicate our electrical system to feed now these batteries and mobility. No, actually, right. by smartly integrating, we enable renewables, which are also super volatile. So sometimes you have renewable power in the grid, sometimes not. And now with right. the storage, you can actually compensate that. So how cool is it that now everyone massively is investing by buying cars in batteries to make this happen? And now the thing is with software, how can we smartly integrate, you know, this battery storage with renewables being available in the grid? Yeah, mm -hmm. And now making this more sustainable is no longer on hardware buying something, but it's on software to make this smart integrated. And then you suddenly see the scale. So we are not discussing here about your PV on the roof of five kilowatt hours and so on. <laughs> but by integrating, we are immediately talking about terawatts. We are pausing off petawatts. So that's that's the dimension we are working on. And this is a total different dimension now in the professional life we can move forward to integrate renewables and to make mobility more sustainable, then in a in a local domain, we are acting as, as a private person. And I think this ignites with a lot of the other colleagues, even being active in the scene, being active right. in electric mobility, thinking of what really matters, what do they want to push forward in their life to say, hey, make this still and even a better place, a better, uh, you know, global world uh, in, in the next 10, 20 years. Absolutely. Super uh, inspiring. Thanks for sharing, uh, Jörg. And let's go to the last segment of the show uh, where we kind of do a, a quick ping pong of question questions and answers. If you would have the opportunity to have a, a coffee uh, 
with yourself uh, in 2017 when you started Ecology? Uh, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Um, maybe not not when I start Ecology, but um, maybe as a young young professional to yeah. to earlier think about you know to combine maybe the the ambition one hands also is with a meaningfulness and i'm i'm really fascinating to see that we have more and more a young generation all already taking care of where i have to say myself when i you know finished my university time and so on i was more you know like driven like like a maybe a little bit a nerd person and having, you know, some some fun aspects in, in technology. And this came later in my life. But I see a lot now of the younger generation already having that really on the radar and, uh, you know, living this. And so um, looking back, uh, I would love to, to have done that already earlier. Love it. And what are you the most proud of on your journey so far? Mm. Mm. I I I think right now I'm I'm more amazed uh, than than proud. Uh, so I'm amazed of um, of the the people joining this journey, being being around in this network, mm -hmm. and saying, hey, this is this is something cool um, cool to join, and and I'm really have deep respect of of these professionals. You know, having a super expertise, whether that's in in business building, whether that's in in partner management and so on, uh, having a super standing there, and then saying, "Hey, I I take the challenge, I take all this risk going to this startup, and and driving this forward because I believe in in this topic." Yeah, and I'm really mm -hmm. amazed by these characters and these persons uh, who joined and are now still joining the team. So, uh, and we discussed also the different nationalities, uh, how this is uh, yeah. really on a, on a international global scale. <laughs> That's really amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Worst advice ever received, Jörg? Worst advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to, to be honest, my first reaction would be, I don't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, I, I think, but I think there's something behind that. Um, and and it's similar to what we discussed with this uh, investors coming to us, and you could imagine there are maybe some some bad advices in in that one. But I I think it's more important to think um, there's actually not a bad advice by 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 intention. All advices yes. are good, and um, I think it's more on 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 the role of the person who is receiving advice to first not think to classify the advice. That would be I think wrong. It's more to think, where is the context of that person yeah. providing you the advice? And, you know, advices are normally, I would say, in, in a super, you know, inspiring, good faith and so on. And then it's more to think of what is the core element of this advice. So, so to understand the, the context where this advice is coming from, and yeah. then thinking of how can that context be translated to your context? Yeah, and right. uh, what is therefore this notion of the two score in there? What you then take over for yourself? So it's not a black-white thing to say, hey, it's a bad yeah. or good, uh, good advice. Advices are always good. So it shows the ambitions of the people 
you know, putting the advice forward. It's more how do you transform or what, to find the, 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 you know, the notion which is helpful for you in the advice and then to take that over. Yeah. Great reflection. And uh, finally, the, the resources, uh, your favorite book, it can be business or non-business. This is much more about getting to know you. Um, personally, I have to say, uh, it happened to me that someone hinted me to um, our iceberg is melting from uh, John Cotter. Mm -hmm. And um, this guided me a lot uh, because we are always thinking about, you know, how to how to improve, um, how to move forward. But I think most can be mapped actually to how to change things. And how to change things, you do not do that by yourself. Yeah, you do that right. always in the context together with others. And to understand a little bit, you know, how this works, this together with others, I think this has been an excellent book. Favorite movie or series? Um, yeah, I have to say I'm uh, maybe I, I do it because it's uh, the, the, the discussion is today. I do that in 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 a special way today. So uh, last night uh, we had from Tesla the the master plan number three. Uh -huh. And um, I think the investors obviously didn't like it that much. Uh -huh. I liked it very much because not from the investors perspective. But to understand, you know, what what matters if you scale, uh, do you want to scale uh, a change? And you felt with everyone who was there on the stage being something like 10 years in average, I think, with Tesla. Mm -hmm. What has been their learnings? What has been their pain points? What they they assumptions were to change things? And right. it was an excellent session yesterday. Love it. And finally, your favorite podcasts, excluding this one. <laughs> oh, I, I have there to say, um, I'm I'm still exploring that space. So I I, I would say um, I'm always keen on on the topics and the persons um, to to understand that. And I'm really looking for those who who reflect there. And I think podcasts are a cool way. It's not like you know like presentations, company presentations, a lot of interactions, a lot of surprises in the discussions. And so from that perspective, I like the notion very much, but maybe you you have some recommendations. <laughs> I, I have, but definitely. Jörg, thanks so much for making the time. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show and congrats for what you have been doing and uh, and all the best for, for the next chapters. You are always invited to come back. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, Mike, for, for the discussion and uh, maybe also to whoever listens to that. So if you are in, whether as a company, to, to change this notion of the sustainable electric system as well as mobility, or you think as an individual to, to you know, step in and drive this, this change in your professional life, you know, reach out and uh, happy to connect. Sounds awesome. And to our community, thanks for being on that side. We keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life a little bit easier as you scale up your company. See you soon and keep scaling.